This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker, and today I am by myself. I'm doing a solo cast. And today's topic is going to be a little different. It is not going to have anything to do with marketing, but it's something that I have become passionate about, and you'll hear me talk about it here and there, but I want to go in depth on the topic today, especially because of something that has recently happened uh, in our lives that this really speaks a lot to. And the topic is going to be about managing your money and the importance of that. But before I get too far into that, thank you to our friends at RepairPal for providing this episode. RepairPal is the key that unlocks more business for your auto repair shop. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. All right. So like I said, today we're going to talk about managing money and the importance of it, both in your business and in your personal life. And it's related to marketing in one simple way. A lot of times when shop owners are having problems in their business, the thing that they go to immediately is, we need more cars. You know, it's just not always the case. There are other factors to how healthy your business is and the profitability of it. We can get into things like average repair order and all of those things. But one of the things that I always had a problem with was managing money. Look, I'm going to be real transparent with you. I'm not good at it. I'm not a disciplined person when it comes to making the the choices to not spend. And, and when I have to, then I am and I'm better than I was, but I'm still, I'm not a great money manager, but I've surrounded myself with people who help me with that. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about that. I told you that there was something that happened recently in our personal life that, you know, that kind of brings us up. And basically what happened was we're a member of an amazing church and our church family, they are our family and we're super involved with our church. We've been going to this church since 2009, so 14 years now. And that church has been a very impactful in our lives. We have an amazing pastor. It's probably been four or five years ago now. Our founding pastor stepped down and he wanted to go into an overseer role where he was overseeing and helping out other churches and, and just sort of a, a partial step into retirement. And we had another pastor that came in who is an amazing man, and he has been such an impactful person on my life, and he is a, a dear friend of mine. But we decided to build a new church building. Our church is one that we see about 1,200 people on, on the weekends. We were having to have three, sometimes four services to be able to accommodate everybody because our sanctuary is only so big. So we decided to build another building. And when that process happened, the this pastor, this friend of mine, got very consumed in the process. And he took his eye off the ball as far as the money management in the church. There was no theft or anything like that. People tend to start thinking, you know, when they hear about money issues in a church of like these moral ethical breakdowns that happen. It wasn't like that. But the money was not managed. And in a nonprofit, you have money that is dedicated to go to certain places. Well, you have to honor that. And it wasn't honored. There was money that was dedicated towards the building fund, for example, that got absorbed into the main church fund. I bring that up because when you don't manage money well, then so many other things can break down around that. 
And in this case, it's a church. So you have so many people that are looking and it can actually can be damaging to the greater purpose of the church. And the same thing can happen in your auto repair shop. You know, this thing that happened with the church is what's had me thinking so much lately about proper money management, you know, and making me think about, are there any holes in my business as far as the way that we manage money? And I've not found any holes. We're very solid in the way that we manage money in the business. But I did, you know, start thinking about personal also, and I'm going to come back to that. If I look back to when we had our auto repair shop, you know, we talk about peak automotive all the time. That was our shop in Apex, North Carolina, and it was a great shop. We grew that shop basically from nothing. The last full year that we were in business, we did just under 1.8 million in revenue, and we were on track to do 2.1 if we would have made it all the way through 2008, but we didn't. And we talk about how there was a road construction project that put us out of business. I'm always very clear about I was not the owner that I needed to be to carry us through that because there was more to it than just the road construction project. We had a service advisor who left and took our customer list when he did it. He opened a a auto repair shop and started targeting our customers. So there was that. Between the road construction project and that, the other big issue was that I was not a good money manager. So in 2007, we had what we thought was a great year. And and on paper, it was a great year. You look at the P&L and it's like, oh man, we had a great year. But I talk about it all the time that the P&L is a liar. And this is something that if you don't understand how this works, you really need to dive into the money management part of your business because you can look at the P&L and the P&L will tell you that you're profitable, but account for things like taxes. It doesn't account for debt service. It doesn't account for assets that you add to the business. Those are things that tend to live on the balance sheet. And you have to look at all of these things together. We get stuck on looking at the P&L, but we don't really get a true look at, at what the business is. And I'll give you an example right now. In my business, I'm in the process of we're about to build a dedicated video studio. We're adding more space onto the building that I'm in right now as I sit and record this podcast. And I was talking to my CFO about this. I have a a CFO that is a fractional CFO, outside services. They're absolutely amazing. I've worked with multiple CFOs that were not good at their job. The people that I'm working with, shout out to Profit Panda CFO right now. They're amazing. I absolutely love working with them. But I was talking to Madeline about it and, you know, saying, okay, well, I have to maintain a 20% profit margin. She is showing me how, and I know this, but I have to be reminded of it sometimes because like I said, I'm, I understand the financials of the business and I push myself to get better and better at it all the time. But by no means am I like a professional money manager. But at the same time, it's a goal of mine to be excellent at managing the money. So, but I'm talking to her about this and she's reminding me that building this, taking money out of the business to build this is not going to affect your profitability at all because the profitability is over there on the P&L, whereas this addition that we are putting on is going to live on the balance sheet. If you don't know these things, if you don't understand these things, then you'll run a report every month. You'll look at your P&L and you're like, oh, I'm making money. I'm making money. I'm making money. But how much are you spending? And where are you spending it? And there's a big difference between an operational expense and an asset that you buy because that asset is not going to show as coming out of your profitability. You have to really learn how to be great at managing the money. So when I had my shop, Peak Automotive, and this was even another, this was another thing that led to the collapse of that business ultimately and us going into a bankruptcy and everything. And it comes down to not managing the money well. 
I had gotten into this thing. It was almost like payday loans for business. It's where it loan you money based on your future credit card sales. And then every time that you make a credit card transaction, 16% of that comes off of the top and goes back to paying that loan just automatically. We don't even have a, a say in whether they get paid or not. It just comes right out of the credit card transaction because they are controlling your credit card transactions at that point. And here I am looking at P&Ls and it's like, oh, we're making money. But again, the debt service doesn't come out of that. So, you know, we're a shop that's trying to make a 20% profit margin. According to the P&L, we were doing it. But 16% of every credit card sale, which nearly every transaction that we did was a credit card sale, was coming off the top, going to debt service. And it's like, well, why aren't we making any money? Well, we're not making any money because we're paying such a, a high amount on this debt service every month. Again, you look at the P&L and it's like, oh, we have a great year in 2007. And my accountant, as we're coming up to the end of 2007, is saying, hey, you need to spend some money or you're going to have a huge tax bill. Here I go spending money that we don't have because I'm a terrible money manager at that point. Time to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. Don't get left behind. Today's tech-savvy consumers value instant gratification, so they start their searches for a repair shop on their computers and smartphones. These power users research auto repair and service options and decide which shops to engage with in an instant. Gain these customers by being RepairPal certified. They provide proof that your prices are fair with their best-in-class estimator. They're the largest site for auto repair, and they will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com and through the recommendation of partners like USAA, CarMax, and Consumer Reports. As shop owners, we were in the RepairPal certified network, and it helped grow our business. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's RepairPal.com forward slash shops. You know, once we get past Peak Automotive and we go into Five Stones Media, which, you know, our parent, the legal entity of Shop Marketing Pros is Five Stones Media. And... Five Stones Media was the name of our agency when we were just doing local, just marketing for any business locally. At Five Stones, it was the same thing. You know, I got better at it because I wanted to learn from mistakes that I had in the past, but I still was not a great money manager. And it, it wasn't until Shop Marketing Pros was formed, it wasn't until I started working with Chris Cotton as my coach, who is a profit first professional, where I really started to understand how money flows. Some years back, we did the whole Dave Ramsey thing. We eliminated a ton of our, you know, personal debt and everything. And I, I don't still follow that process. I, I think that it is, it is something that's great for people who are in an emergency situation. But I also think that once you get past that and you learn how to, how to properly manage money, that you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to live that way. That's neither here nor there. I'm not going to go on that rabbit trail. But anyway, the profit first system of running a business is very much like Dave Ramsey's envelope system, you know, for your personal finances, where you have all these different bank accounts. And every time, every week you make transactions or you make transfers in your bank accounts based on the gross sales that you have. So, you know, so you have your, your revenue that comes in and then money, certain percentage of that goes into a tax account. A certain percentage goes into an operating expenses account, payroll account savings account, profit account, all of these different accounts. And when you start managing money that way, it kind of clicks in your head, at least someone who is simple minded like me, it just works with the way that I think. With this business, we put profit first into place and then we put EOS into place, you know, and 
gosh, if you listen to this podcast, we talk about EOS all the time also because EOS and Profit First have made such a huge impact on our business. It's like, man, we went from being this business that was just a hot mess when it came to managing money and all of our systems and everything to a business that is super, super solid. Like the way that we run this business, I have to pinch myself sometimes because it's like, man, is this even real? Because we're so solid in our systems and our operations and the way that we manage money and our KPIs and, and all of those things. Five years ago, I would have never even thought that this was possible. And it's been a long road to get there. But when I look at where we were and where we are now, it makes me so passionate about this topic. I can really get excited about it because I've seen what it has done. And I want other businesses or other business owners to have that same experience because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. My dad was an entrepreneur and my dad was a really bad businessman. I can't help but believe that if he had had the resources that we have in this day and time that he could have been such a better businessman and not struggled through his entire business career. And I mean, gosh, just how far we have come over the last three or four years as, as we've put these things into place, you know, from a financial perspective, it's like, wow, you know, so changes can happen quickly. If you're sitting there in your shop and you're thinking, man, I need more cars. Look at the other things that you have going on and really make a decision or be honest with yourself. Is it cars that you need or do you need to become a better business person? For a lot of you, it may be both, you know, so are you getting the most out of every car that comes in the shop? you know, while ethically and honestly serving your clients, you know, and then are you keeping the money that you should be keeping? Getting back to my church and what happened there, when that happened, I felt this real calling that I need to be on the board for the church. And it is because I want to help guide them through this. And they've already made huge strides in fixing the issues that that happened. You know, unfortunately, it cost our lead pastor his job because when these kinds of things happen, well, the person who is in charge is the one who they are ultimately responsible. It cost him his job. Our founding pastor has stepped back in. You know, people are, are now getting serious. Our board got lazy. They were used to, you know, having a pastor who was really managing things tightly, as he should have. And they, they got complacent. And because of that, these things were able to happen without them even seeing it. And I bring that up because isn't that how it happens in our own businesses where you get used to things going a certain way and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And then you let that part of the business slide. Well, you know, as I'm feeling this calling to be on the board, I'm examining myself and, you know, thinking about, are there any holes in the finances in our business? Are there any holes in the way that we are managing money? You know, I was honestly able to look at that and say, no, there are not. We're doing a great job with this. But then I went, you know, further and looked personally and said, okay, are there any holes in the way that I'm managing my personal finances? And I did find, you know, that, okay, we're not running our personal finances on the level that we run our business finances. Again, I'm not good at this. So I rely on the people around me. So I reach out to my CFO and say, hey, would you do the same stuff for me personally? And I'm not asking her to manage my money. What I'm asking her to do is to prepare the reports for me so that I can look at this and have an eye on it at all times. It is, it is no one's responsibility but my own and Kim, of course, as we do life together to manage our money. You know, so it's on us to look at what's happening and make decisions based on what is happening. But now I have my CFO who is preparing these reports for me, running all of my accounts 
you know, doing the bookkeeping and everything so that I can look at basically a P&L and a balance sheet on my personal life. That is something where if you're good at managing money in your business, but you haven't really been focusing on you personally, what are the ways that you can get better personally? Because when your personal finances are in order, then when ebbs and flows are happening in the business, then you're not going to be as anxious about it. You know, we should always be proactive and not reactive. But when you're broke, it's just hard to not be reactive, making sure that everything is in order and then leaning on other people. I'm a big believer in buying back your time. Is it the best use of my time to be entering transactions into QuickBooks? No, it's not. You know, I want to know that I have professionals that are doing that kind of stuff. They're preparing reports for me that I can understand. They are using accounting best practices, but also making sure that I understand how to read these things and that I can take a look at that and know what's going on. Because for years, I worked with a CPA who, you know, is a great CPA, but your CPA is about doing your taxes, whereas your CFO is more about the managing money side of things and helping you to prepare these reports and all of, all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, my CPA was great at doing taxes, but I couldn't ever look at my P&L and read it and get a really good understanding of what was happening in my business. Or I should say, I couldn't look at my P&L along with my balance sheet and get a really good understanding of what's going on in my business. Whereas now, for these last couple of years, since I've been working with this CFO, I can look at these things and immediately know what is happening in my business. And I don't look at it a month behind like most people do. I'm looking at these things on a weekly basis. I have reports that are generated automatically through my system. My books are up to date on a weekly basis. We have a scorecard, you know, that's the EOS terminology, but we have a scorecard every week. We do the profit first transfers every week. My finances are never more than six days behind, like never. So I'm always able to get a great look at that. And the comfort that comes to me from being able to look at that and, and make decisions like, can I hire a person or can I build this dedicated video studio, you know, that we're building? I'm encouraging you all as business owners to lean into those outside services where you can. Now, if that's just your thing, like if you are that accounting person and you're great at it and that's your thing, then own it. But for most of us, let's be real. Most shop owners were technicians at some point, and we're geniuses when it comes to mechanical things, and we're not the geniuses when it comes to necessarily running a business or the finances of a business or whatever. Lean on other people. If I go back to when I owned Peak Automotive, I had someone that I'm nearly positive was embezzling from me. At this point, in my business, the way that I have things arranged, it would be impossible. And I say impossible. It would be impossible for someone to do it for any length of time because we have our CFO who is handling all of our books, who has no access to be able to actually do anything with the money except for look at what has happened and then make reports based off of that. Then we have a CPA who is completely separate from my CFO, who is also looking at our finances on a monthly basis. And making sure that everything adds up. And then I look at on a weekly basis and make sure that I put my eyes on every transaction every week. And it doesn't take me long. This takes me maybe 10 minutes where I get a report that's automated that shows me every transaction and which category it's been put into. Because sometimes we have things like we have a gift that we purchased for a customer through Amazon. And that should go through that should be put into our gifting category. But sometimes we have 
an office expense that we bought through Amazon and it gets put into an office expenses category. And, and that's just one example of, of many. But I know what each individual transaction is. I take those few minutes every week. I look through the list. I see all the transactions and say, okay, this belongs here. This belongs here. This belongs here. And if something is out of place, then I let my CFO know and they move it. I constantly know what is happening in my business finances because of that. But it has it where I am very like it does. It just doesn't take me long to do my part of the job because I bought back my time and I'm able to put my time into the places where my genius does live, which is not on the accounting side of things. So I get the best of both worlds. I get a set of perfect and when I say perfect, I'm talking about perfect books. Like my accounting is perfect. What it says it is, is what it is. There are no lies that happen there because your accounting will lie to you. It's garbage in, garbage out. Put something in wrong, then guess what? Your numbers are wrong. When it comes to managing your money, also your, just your profits. The industry standard is to hold a 20% profit margin, and that's a minimum. And I understand that there are people out there who... You know, they will look at that and they will make the choice not to have a 20% profit margin. But it's actually the same in our industry, in, in marketing. We have uh, the 55-25-20 rule. 55% basically is spent on people because people, that is our biggest cost in marketing. 25% is spent on operating expenses. 20% is profit. And then, of course, 20% doesn't just go in my pocket because there's debt service and there's taxes that come out of that. So usually you see about 10%. But the sign of a healthy business, and this is going to apply fairly across all industries, sign of a healthy business is to have a 20% profit margin. And that is something that you need to be very stringent about. You need to look at how your business is performing and make sure that you're maintaining that 20% profit margin. You know, I'm in that position right now where I'm holding 18.96% for, for the year. So I'm a percent low and I need to find that other percent. And at the same time, we've had a lot of growth. We're at this point, we are at uh, 25 team members. And, you know, I've got somebody right now that's asking me for a raise. And I have to look at those numbers and determine, okay, we have 18.96% profitability. I've got a person that is asking me for a raise. This person is deserving of a raise. So I have to figure out how do I give them that raise, but I still maintain 20% profit margin. We figure these things out. But if I have a bunch of people that are coming to me at once, then I can't make that same decision. The answer, like I'm accountable to holding that 20% profit margin. And look, you can have 20% off of $100,000 in gross revenue. You know, you got $20,000 or you can have 20% off of a million dollars in revenue and you got $200,000. And as you continue to grow, you get up to, you know, 5 million in revenue. Then you think to yourself, well, I can afford to be at 15% because, you know, it's a lot of money. But the thing is, it's a healthy business is it a 20% profit margin? And again, I'm speaking generally. A healthy auto repair business, all of the coaches agree. I say all of them. For the most part, every coach that I've heard says that you should be at a 20% profit margin. And you owe it to everyone. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your employees. You owe it to your clients to run a healthy business. And if the industry standard is that a healthy business is 20%, then you need to maintain that 20%. Because when you don't, when you don't have a healthy business, everyone pays for that. I think about when, when I had my shop, my shop was an unhealthy business. We were great at fixing cars. We were great at marketing. We were great at customer service. I was terrible at managing money. We were an unhealthy business. I hate having to admit that, 
but it's the truth. And now looking at it as someone who owns a healthy business, looking back, it's like it's not even comparable. But when I shut down my business, I just impacted every single one of my employees and their family negatively. So I owe it to my employees to have a healthy business. And that includes the profit margins. So you have to look at, do I owe it to them more to have a healthy business or do I owe it to them more to give them a raise when they're they're being paid fairly as it is? Okay. Are they deserving of what they're asking for? Yes. And they will get there. But what is the most important thing? Is it for me to have the healthy business or is it for me to give them the raise? The thing is, is when my business is unhealthy, I'm putting them and every other one of their teammates at risk. And that's a bad thing. But also you owe it to your clients to be profitable. I was at the summit, the Institute for Automotive Business Excellent, the summit earlier this year, and Cecil Bullard was talking. And I'd never heard anyone put it this way. I never thought about it this way. But let's say that you do an engine job, okay, or transmission or whatever, and something goes wrong during the repair. Client leaves. Two months later, the engine fails, the transmission fails, whatever. When they come back to you, you've given them a warranty, You should be able to stand behind the work that you did and make that work right without thinking twice about it. But when you are broke, you will try to think of every way that you can to get out of fixing that under warranty. But when you are in abundance, you are going to stand behind the work that you do. And there's never a question about it. You will rent that client a car so that they have a car to drive. You will put a new engine in it or transmission or whatever it was that went wrong. And you won't think twice about it. Your personal finances are good. Hey, whatever. Fix a car. Cost of doing business. Your business finances are good. Fix a car. It's a cost of doing business. That is how you do things when you are in abundance. You are only in abundance at the point that you're running a healthy business. I know that this was different. It's just something that I have seen both sides of it so much in my life that I have become incredibly passionate about it. And I want you to see the the good side of it. And I personally believe that most auto repair shops, and when I say most auto repair shops, I'm not talking about most of the shops that you see in groups like ASOG. I'm not talking about most of the shops that you see when you go to the conferences or the ones who are involved in the industry. When I say most shops, I'm talking about every single auto repair shop in the United States. I believe that most of them, when I say most, a large percentage of them are not managing money well. I've heard the statistic for years from some of the coaching companies that most shops are running on a 5% profit margin. If you're running on a 5% profit margin, you are broke, broke. And that is not the way to live life. That is not the way to run a business. I hope that, that this impacted you in a good way today. I firmly believe in Profit First. It's a book by Mike Michalowicz, Profit First. Go read it. If you were looking for a profit first professional, Chris Cotton, he is my coach. He is a auto repair specific coach and he is a profit first professional. And I believe that profit first is one of the biggest reasons why we are where we are now. Profit first, but then EOS, entrepreneurial operating system. There is another guy that if you listen to Remarkable Results Radio, you can just go to uh, remarkableresults.biz and search for EOS and you will see all kinds of podcasts with Barry Barrett, who is a EOS implementer. Uh, You can go back probably about five episodes now to our episode with Tim Stoll, who is our EOS implementer, where we're talking about EOS and marketing. Profit First and EOS will change your business. They will change your life. Those two things combined will force you to become a great money manager 
It'll force you to do the things that I'm talking about right now. And it will have you running a business that you never thought that you could have had. I really hope that this episode resonated with you. So thank you again for listening to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I hope that you'll join us again next week. We are just one of five great podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all of them at aftermarketradionetwork.com. But we'll see you next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.